Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Hey, friends. Hello. We're going to do something a little different today. But that's because we are different. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> special is what I call you. Today's special? Me? Very special. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Today's episode, we are doing completely off the cuff. We're going to talk about some things that have been happening in our life and the life lessons that we're learning from them. And we're not going to have any action points. <gasps> no action points? Does no. that mean I can't say it's time for you to unleash your life? Uh, somehow we will say unleash your life. We'll work it in. Okay. Okay. I like okay. that. By the way, I don't have any cuffs. I'm wearing a tank top. Oh, you are. Hey, yeah. I'm not even wearing a shirt. Well, they can't. <laughs> but we better. This is going to devolve quickly. I can see. Okay. So talking about what's going on in our life. Boy, our life has changed a lot in the last few years. Sure has. I feel like that's kind of been a rule in our life. Life gives us all these amazing lessons by shifting the whole structure of our life. And by paying attention to what's going on in our lives, we get to learn a lot and keep growing. Do you think it's fair to say that we're in a really happy place in our life right now? Happiest ever? Yeah, I think there's a sense of deep satisfaction. And that kind of comes from a lot of years of practicing paying attention to the lessons that we are getting from what's going on in our world. Yeah. After the trials of Hawaii, boy, we have just come to this amazing place. The trials of Hawaii, I feel like we're kind of a climax in that long period of our life of learning really hard lessons. Mm. And now the lessons have shifted into what I'm kind of calling easy lessons. Well, here's an example. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring some up. Okay. Liliana the other day runs in and wants the video camera, the phone, to show us a spider. Now, remember that, was that about two months ago? It was not long ago. She was terrified of spiders. Terrified. And she couldn't even go to sleep at night because she would want us to check under the bed for tarantulas. And I tried to explain to her that tarantulas don't even live around here, so there wouldn't really be a wild tarantula under the bed. But, you know, I tried to just yeah. help kind of assuage her fear so she could fall asleep. Oh, my gosh. And she called us out. And here she was making friends with a, one of the jumping spiders that we have in this area. And I must admit that of all the spiders in the area, this is the one that's most intimidating to me. The jumping spider? Yeah, because it's a big jumping spider. And you know all the big ones are kind of hairy. Yep, they're hairy. They're pretty aggressive. They get back onto their hind legs and raise their arms up if you get yeah, they, anywhere near them. Yeah, they're always <laughs> backing up and trying to face towards you. Like, come on, come on, I can take you on, like a little red squirrel. And they have these shining, iridescent green shalera. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the part around the fangs is this beautiful green color that also looks a little whoa this spider is serious <laughs> like maybe you wouldn't want to get bitten by it right okay so she is out there holding it wow so walking around on her fingers she's trying to orient it so that i can get a really good picture of those green fangs of doom and <laughs> she is completely fearless about it and her friend who's with her seeing this also is 
fearless about holding the spider because this kind of switch over, I think, when you have a fear and then you educate yourself as she did and you start exposing yourself willingly as she did. Well, yeah, I just want to interrupt and yeah. be clear that Liliana herself asked if she could learn to be not afraid of spiders. Yeah. And so we got the Tarantula Scientist book by Cy Montgomery, and we started looking at spiders. We started studying them more. And I think that it was very inspiring for me to watch her decide to encounter her fear. And that, I think, is a big part of the life lesson for me because she didn't just respond to us saying, no, you don't have to be afraid of spiders or, or whatever kind of pressure that we might put on children as parents. She decided she didn't want to be afraid anymore. And as she changed that in herself, I feel like I've seen it in some of the other kids in the area, who her friends especially, who have really changed their attitude towards spiders too because they see her interacting with the spiders as friends instead of something to be feared. Now, this kind of makes me think about attachment parenting. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, because I'm thinking of... I was thinking spiders attachment parenting. Yeah. I don't know, because some spiders carry their babies on their backs or what? <laughs> well, we're around people in our community here who ascribe to this idea of attachment parenting, which I have to admit, when I first heard about attachment parenting, I had the fear that many people do, which is that attachment parenting, meaning you're going to not let your child cry it out, you're going to give them love rather than discipline, you're going to really keep them around you and make them feel secure mm -hmm. in life, that they would become spoiled or they would become so fearful of life if they didn't have their parents there to be backing them up all the time. But it's really, I've found, just the opposite. When they have that deep foundation of security in their community, their mm -hmm. family, then they feel so empowered to branch out and explore things. Where I think most of us as adults, we're pretty insecure and we're pretty fearful. Yeah, I don't think we admit that. But I'm sure that probably stems a lot from childhood and the way that our culture brings us up and some of the ideals. But just from our own personal experience, I feel that I never really saw the girls do anything that they were leery of if I pushed them. Mm -hmm. It really was kind of you had to fight to push them to do this. But if you stepped back and you said, okay, maybe they're not ready now, then after a while, they were the ones that said, you know what, we're ready for our own room. Yeah, that or, happened with sleeping. They slept yeah. in our bed with us for a long time. And then one day just said, we want to sleep on our own bed. And then we want to sleep in our own room. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Or it happened with Mirabel when she was younger. She was not interested in putting her face underwater and going underwater. And I just thought, she's never going to learn to swim. This is not going to be great. We live around water. Yeah. I was the worrywart parent. But then... Over time, all of a sudden, poof, she decided, hey, this is fun. And then before I knew it, it was this accelerated learning how to swim. And then now she swims in the ocean without a life jacket and can snorkel right alongside of us. You know, another thing that's been happening in our life that is related very directly to this is Liliana and horses. Oh, yeah. 
most of you probably know about Mirabelle and horses and how much she loves and adores them. Mm-hmm. But what you might not know is that Liliana is, or was, I should say, really intimidated by horses. They're mm-hmm. huge creatures. Now, she loves horses and she would be fine giving them a treat or a pat. But one time after one of Mirabelle's lessons in Hawaii, Mirabelle's instructor said, Hey, Miliana, do you just want to get up and sit in the saddle and I'll walk you around the arena once? And she said, I don't know. And we all encouraged her, give it a try, give it a try. And so she got up in the saddle, took one step, and you could see the terror of her. And she was like, stop, I want to get off. And she would not try again until just recently when she said, you know, I think I'd really like to learn how to ride a horse. And I feel like that is what happens when we develop a foundation in life. So to really sum up this big life lesson for me, at least, it's about building a foundation inside of you, a foundation of mindfulness, a foundation of community, a foundation of knowing yourself. And when you do that, a lot of the big challenges of life are a lot easier. You're not struggling against fear, for instance, Mm. in the same way, because that fear becomes overwhelmed by the desire to encounter life more directly. (sighs) Yeah, I learn a lot from those girls. Uh, Someone else I feel like I'm learning a lot from is, I've got to talk about our neighbors here. Mm, We have a wonderful family of neighbors. Yeah, and we've got a couple neighbors. I'm talking this time about our neighbors that we've been living next to now for how many months? Six months? Yeah, I don't know. Last Halloween. Yeah, and they keep a rather low profile, so I'm not going to use names or anything. But they, on so many levels, are inspiring to us. I mean, start with the couple. Yeah, they are sweet. They're like a cardinal couple Mm. where the boy brings the girl the sweet little best nuts and seeds and or or in this case you know they they care for each other and it's very tender Ah. it's very honest it's very wholesome and just really really gives me pause even though we've been together for 30 years yeah just to watch them uh respect each other and yeah, there's just that tenderness and excitement of being with each other. Because when we were at that point in our relationship that many years in, as they were, I feel like we were just having a lot more struggle. We had to go through a lot more. And I'm sure they have their challenges, but the way that they encounter each other and, and deal with each other, and I guess those are kind of the wrong words you see there, but encounters may be the best word. The way they encounter each other and dance with each other is just beautiful. When you said gentle, there is a gentleness to it where they're not ah, so immersed in their own thoughts and their own desires. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah they're, they're very self-aware and they seem really comfortable in their skin as who they are. And then they have a really nice, I want to use the word regard for each other mm. in the way that you honor, respect, love, and want to emulate someone else. They have a really nice regard for one another. Yeah. And they're wonderful parents, too. Oh. Really encouraging their kids to get out in nature, to explore their feelings, to explore mindfulness. So it's been wonderful to just get to experience another family that is moving along in a way that's just really in tune. There's a 
young boy and a young girl. And the young boy inspires me because he's, oh boy, he is always sometimes pushing the boundaries with, for instance, barefoot in the snow <laughs> and cold conditioning. There's this log in the woods that he just walks right across. And I mean, we're, this is single digit age. And I'm intimidated by this log. It's, it's high, kind of high up there. Across the valley. And he just walks across it like an elf out of Elf Quest when I was a kid. Just so sure-footed and so there with the experience. And then the little girl is teaching us to get out of doing. Oh, that is a thing. Why does doing stick with us? I mean, for me, I'm sure it's because of my history of being a perfectionist. Which, boy, still haunts me to this day. <laughs> but I'm getting better. I'm sort of recovering more. I just doing keeps catching up with me, mm -hmm. even though I know the value of awareness, the value of stopping, the value of trying to be present with what you're doing or with another person. I often can just find that hours later, whoa, wait, I've been passing my family, really mm. kind of not looking them in the eyes. Where did all that time go? Have I been on autopilot? Stuck in that doing mode. And she recently will come up to our door and there'll be a knock 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 <laughs> so cute <laughs> and she'll have something to show us and you cannot resist her smile <laughs> you are going to stop whatever you're doing to go and help her and when <laughs> oh my goodness a number of times i've found myself pleasantly pulled out of something that seems so important and when I'm pulled out of it for a moment mm. to go look at a flower or a bug or whatever it is, then suddenly I can have a new perspective. I can remember what's really important. Sometimes we just need to be pulled out of something like that. Yeah, it's really good to be reminded of the essentials. And that's different for everybody. But for us, I think it's being connected mm. to each other, to the people around us, to the planet around us, our community, our bodies, ourselves, our emotions, and being able to stop is just such a gift. It sure is. Speaking of gifts yeah. and perspectives, I think you should talk about your knife. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this is something that's been happening in our life. There's, We have so many wonderful patrons who... We love you, we uh... love you, we love you. <laughs> But I'm going to speak about this particular gentleman, and again, I'm not going to use his name. I think he'd be fine with it, but because I haven't asked him, I'm, I'm not going to use his name. And he not only very generously patronizes our work and helps us to be able to keep doing this, but he's been sending us gifts as well. I think one thing he's helped me realize is that he, I believe, fully understands how connected our regular life is, our everyday living with our work. Because everything that we put out in our videos and our podcast episodes and our writing, all of that comes out of the experiences of our lives and our quest to kind of be better people mm -hmm. than we were yesterday. And so he understands that and he, he sends us things that help us on that quest in one way or another. And he sent me this knife. Well, I should jump in and say that we've even had the honor of being able to visit him. Yes. He came once for a, 
a visit and it was really, really neat. And so I think he was able to get to see the way our family works and how it is in alignment with the things that we are sharing with all of you. So this knife is a knife that is so far beyond anything I would ever purchase for myself. And I was kind of, I don't know, shocked by the uh, price tag of this knife and the beauty of this knife. It's incredible. It's made me rethink everything I think about knives. But more than that, it has been this incredible practice of receiving, which of course we have historically been really bad at. Yeah, we're kind of lousy at accepting things or asking for help. I kind of think upon reflection that a lot of that comes from the work ethic that mm -hmm. was part of the culture I grew up in. And maybe some of you listening will relate to this too, but... Not really from your parents, but just the overall no, kind of cultural work ethic. Yeah, around. you yeah. need to work hard in order to deserve anything. Or at the very least, you should be suffering in order to receive something good. You can't mm -hmm. just have a good life or have a great financial situation or a great love life or a great health life. You have to work hard at it or at the very least somehow be suffering in order to deserve things. Yeah. That... And I don't think that that should be the truth of things. Everybody should just get to have a wonderful life without having to put their nose to the grindstone for it. We should all be able to do things we love. I mean, that would be the ideal. Oh, a world where everybody could be living their passions. And sharing with one another. And that does make me think about debt. Mm. And our friend Brett. Oh, <laughs> who, yeah. Brett, who was a forest monk for 11 months, who is really one of the smartest people I know because his brain is not only incredibly capable of understanding large and complex thoughts, but it's extremely flexible and curious. His mind is amazing. I mean, if we could somehow manufacture minds and put them into <laughs> the world, it's a mind that is generous and considerate. It's a mind that is... Uh, hyper intelligent i mean he can understand concepts that to me are it's just way beyond my little mind <laughs> and he oh gosh his his mind is also creative and like you said also open mm -hmm. he doesn't lock down onto thoughts or ideologies where he sees an in-group and an out-group he's inclusive connected and those are all lessons that we continue, I think, to learn from him because he's been in our life for quite a while now. He was an 11-month forest monk. I said that already. Yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we're practicing a mindful awareness here. Oh, my gosh. Well, I just mindful. bring him up because we're talking about receiving, accepting gifts, giving to one another. And along with that work ethic, I grew up with a sense of indebtedness. And in fact... A financial debt was easier for me if I owed mm. you $10, far easier for me to pay you that than if somebody would to gift me something. I would feel a sense of, okay, they gave me this wonderful thing. And now I kind of owe them back. Yeah. And that, al that always was with me. It didn't go away. And so then I was a little worried about, okay, what happens when they say, oh, hey, can you come to this big party I'm having? And 
I was fairly introverted and I thought, oh, I better go to this party that I'm kind of uncomfortable with because I kind of owe them. Yes. And he, Brett, has really thought about and talked a lot about could we have a whole society that didn't have that debt, not just even financial debt, but a debt to one another where we could just give because the giving was so wonderful. So Brett and that friend who was also a patron who gave the knife, both of those gentlemen are capable of this giving without putting what I call points onto it. Mm -hmm. So they're not counting points that you later have to somehow give back as many points. In this point, boy, keeping points, I feel like that is a relationship killer. That is just a powerful way to disrupt not only a marriage, that kind of a relationship, but family relationships and boy, any kind of relationship yeah. up to countries and yes it's a lot of what we have these concepts of revenge and vengeance and people must pay back for this and it's well we used to do that to each other keep points yeah i mean i think that comes from a few things one would be crystallizing our ideas of other people the second would be a fear of lack mm. of all manner of different things time, resources, etc. And then I think the third would be expectations. Yeah. Now, we also have some other neighbors, some friends of ours that have moved to be here on the ridge, basically in our community. Yeah, they're fixing up the little cabin and kind of live off grid, solar yeah. and all of that. They're really excited. And while they do that, they are living in the lower part of our house. And we are getting an experience, which we've had before, of mm -hmm. living in really close proximity to people. And that has challenges for us in that yeah. you and I are pretty, you know, we, well, way back <laughs> when our first house, which we called Sweetwater, that was, I guess it was technically our second house, but this is if you've first read... First house in the country yeah. that we loved. It's in the Chasing Turkeys story. Yeah, so if you've read that book, you'll know about that house. That's where it was set. And when we were living there, I just kind of felt like I could have never seen another human again and I would have been perfectly happy. Just be with <laughs> we you. We were pretty private and yeah. just okay with hanging out with each other and going out into the woods and things. So this has been a theme in our life, community. Yeah. And I feel that this time around, it's not just our neighbors downstairs and our neighbors next door, but we have a great community around us. And community, I think I'm learning, gives to you what you bring to it. Mm. And that doesn't mean you have to be super social or anything, but communication is really important. Communication and being patient and understanding. You know, I think something that kind of really stands out to me in this community that we're now a part of is that people can be themselves. And that's often hard for all of us to really let down our walls and be who we are. But I find that the people here are really who they are. And at the same time, they don't want other people to be like them. Yeah, it's kind of unusual in community because we've encountered community many times yeah. in various iterations and 
almost always, not every time, but almost always, whoever you're in community with really kind of wants you to follow the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And then the other people in the community want you to be the way that they are. And then you start to get these issues because everybody sort of wants everybody to be like them instead of this wonderful sort of flowing and allowing of people to be who they are and growing and learning from those around you. Living with the people around us that who are now around us feels so effortless. And I think part of that effortlessness is because of that. There is this simultaneous quest for all of us to just be ourselves as authentically and purely as possible. And that lack of anybody that's really holds really strong ideologies and wants everybody else to follow their way. Yeah. So I think for me, I've seen challenges in that. The challenges are really to remain open-minded, to remain curious, and to remember that I don't have to make everybody happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And it isn't that I'm going to leave somebody unhappy. I want to communicate. But I don't necessarily have to try to be the person who's the perfect hostess to every single person all of the time. (laughs) It is, in fact, okay just to say to someone, you know, I'm really having kind of a down day. And don't take anything I say personally today. I don't really know what it is. Or, you know, maybe... I'm just super crazy today and I didn't get much sleep and so I'm going to be really goofy and it's just nice to be able to communicate. But we don't do that in our culture, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Say how we're feeling because there's an expectation that we should always have the positive emotions. You want to give everybody you meet a pleasant experience and that certainly (laughs) precludes you coming up and having a bunch of sadness or whatever it might be right and i think it's important to remember that it's okay if you are yourself and you can just share openly and be vulnerable that other people then see that they can do that too Mm -hmm. wow yeah you know i learned so much from being in community it's uh, crazy even though i would never have said 20 years ago I would ever have wanted to live in community. No, absolutely Ever, not. ever, ever. And I've really struggled with it along the way. But I now can't imagine not having a community. Yeah. Yeah, for so many reasons. That's, I suppose we could go we deep We could do that. an entire episode on, on a community. And that doesn't even mean you have to live next door to people. We all create a community. We have community in our life whether we think we do or we don't Mm -hmm. there are people we interact with on a daily basis and we can choose to have whatever community we want nurturing a positive community is so life-affirming it's so energy giving it's so positive (laughs) the other big thing that's happened in our life is the publication of our book and the realization of that dream come true yeah i gotta say we in our lives, I think people in general have ideas of what we want to do, what we should do. And it can be a big, big risk and scary to say, this is what I'm passionate about and I'm going to do it. Especially if other people are looking at you and saying, what are you doing to keep going forward with that desire to do something that you really love? And how amazing to actually do that and to see it successful to see yourself succeed yeah to not give up and to just 
go for it. Thank you for not giving up on that, Becca. Yeah, it was a lot of years. We had so many, quote, failures for so long. But we just kept at it because we loved it and we were passionate about it. And now we found our own way to make it come true. And it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It takes a lot of faith and it takes a whole bunch of creativity and believing in yourself and knowing that what you're doing fills you up and that if you're filled up, you're going to be your better self. (laughs) I would love to hear from all of you if there are things that you're passionate about that you're trying to do in your life or trying to follow or for that matter, just anything going on in your life right now that you're learning some lessons from. You know, it could be difficult challenges that you're overcoming or it could just be positive things that you never knew that it felt so good an unexpected thing that just feels so wonderful you know another thing we'd love to hear from you is if you enjoyed this format this is completely different for us than what we usually do and I think it was fun (laughs) but did you think it was fun and did you get something out of it Or did we just not go in depth enough? You know, we usually go more in depth to a subject. So tell us if this was fun and valuable for you. And if so, we might do this format once in a while. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, that's okay to tell us too. Yeah. Tell us that. Not going to hurt our feelings. And you couldn't see if we were crying anyway. So no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of our book, thank you to all of you who have been giving us reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. It it has it just it's so supportive and so helpful and we truly appreciate it every time there's a review we're like oh my gosh oh thank you oh this is wonderful <laughs> so really know that it's it's totally cheering us up um, and along those lines i wanted to say that there might be some of you out there who are listeners that have never commented are never planning to comment which is totally fine by me that's the kind of person i am I'm not a commenter, but I want you to know that we know that you're there and we feel you. I Mm. think that might sound strange, but I feel like we feel you when we're listening, when we do videos, even with our, with our book, your presence is there somehow just, I don't know how, (laughs) (laughs) so that's a way of saying thank you to all of you for being part of our journey and part of our adventure through life yeah speaking of life yeah it's time for you to go out and unleash your life take a few moments after this podcast and just sit down and think about a few things that are going on in your life and what you're learning from them right now and just a few things that you're grateful for that's my challenge that's my my action point that's not an action point it's like an (laughs) unaction point or something nice (laughs) (laughs) all right love to you all and Well, until next time.